The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi, welcome back to the Mighty Whites podcast, episode 31 on this occasion. Uh, once again, joined by KC from Portland. Good morning. Hey, uh, and I'm willing to bet that we're both in a pretty good mood with regards to Leeds United at the minute. Yeah, we've uh, got, what is that, the best result we've had at Millwall since about 2012? Yeah, something like that. And it's a bit weird for that to be the case this season when it's a one-all draw, but I'm, I was pretty pleased with it. We'll uh, we'll go with that one first. This probably, we won't have as much to say as a lot of people would, because this is the first game this season where I haven't seen the full 90 minutes. Yeah, and I was uh, I was listening as well. And yeah, radio is good, but it <laughs> it lacks something. That being pictures. Yeah, Eddie Gray does does manage to paint a good word picture sometimes. Mostly complaining about players not doing things. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the main things to come out of it is Leeds, by the sounds of it, coped pretty well. Uh, I think a, a lot. Of, one of the main stats that shows that is that Janssen and Cooper between them had thirty clearances. So they were having a real go at us and we stood up to it pretty well. Obviously, we conceded from a long throw, which you're never pleased with, but we, before the game, we picked out Jake Cooper because he's like six foot six and really hard to defend against. He His flick on, I'm all right with us losing, but we should have defended it a bit better at far post. Yeah, it was not the best goal, but it's exactly the sort of thing you expect from Millwall, especially in a game like this. Um, and I think it kind of told fairly early on Calvin Phillips dropped in as a third central defender as well. Um, but for the most part, we seem to do pretty well. I, they didn't have throughout most of the game. I, I probably could say the same for Leeds. I don't think Millwall had too many clear-cut chances. Um, I thought we did a pretty good well of kind of getting bodies in the way, getting you know, getting out fairly quickly. And... And we and we created quite a few good chances in the first half. That again, they they were probably the same. Did a pretty good job getting in the way of or making a last ditch tackle. Yeah, Tyler Roberts had a couple of chances, didn't he? Where he kind of snatched them a bit. Uh, obviously, Tom Elliott posted them late on, but uh, eight ninth minute leads equaliser through Jack Harrison. Really good finish, especially when by from what I've seen and heard, he didn't have a particularly great game up until that moment. You didn't see too much of him. From between, or you know, you didn't hear too much about him um, through the radio anyway. And it was interesting because you, you maybe looked at when they brought Roberts off that they were going to bring on maybe Edmondson or Clark, but it decided to go with Jack Harrison up front. Um, and fair play, it works, you know, good touch down, uh, nice touch to get it past the defender, and a good shot through a crowded penalty area as well. A really nice finish. It was good to see the players as well, uh, just sprinting, getting the ball, getting back. It's like, right, we've got a few minutes left. Let's do this. Yeah, it was a. It showed a lot about the mentality of the team. Uh, I mean, we both did predict to win. I had two one. You had one nil. But we also both said that we'd take a point. Yeah, we like you said, we've not had the best of times at at Millwall. So getting a draw there in a in a physical game, you know, good result for us. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll take that most days, to be honest. Yeah, the uh, the main talking point out of the game really was Neil Harris afterwards. Uh, there was a little bit of needle between bench. I mean, Saez, after goal, sprinted about 40 yards. Unfortunately, jumped into our technical area, not the opposition's. <laughs> which is what I think people were worried he was going to do at one point. Uh, mm. But, you know, it was an 89th minute equaliser and there was quite big celebrations. After, and it was only a few minutes after there'd been a bit of a flare-up over them holding on to the ball and not letting us take a throw in. So like you expect yeah. a bit of a celebration, but uh, it was the thing that was weird about Neil Harris's comments is after the game he sat and talked to Bielsa right as rain after in his press conference after the game he said ah everything's fine, and then suddenly in the Monday morning press, uh, I, well I've got the quote here <laughs> he called it a disgrace to English football. Is that, uh, Neil Hardboard as Harris? Yeah, well I I have actually got noted down here that. Uh, He's playing into the hands of Millwall fans by blaming it on a foreigner coming over here and taking a job from English Paul Heckingbottom. 
hey, they're a family club, behave. Yeah, oh, God, have you seen those videos at Dad's with them kids? No. Oh, wait, this family club of the year, someone in Leeds End's got the phone out and just filmed them as the dad is teaching his young children how to do throat slit gestures at the Leeds fans. Oh, like father, like son. And, I mean, these these kids are like, you know, five, six. <laughs> yeah, take that. Where's me Haribo? Jesus Christ. No, not Haribo. That name sounds too foreign. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it doesn't surprise me in any way to hear stuff like that. No, I mean, having seen the celebrations, do you think that they... Do you think that they were in any way over the top? No, I don't think so. I mean, compare that to a couple of seasons ago with um, Wagner running the length of the field to join in his team celebrating. You know, Mourinho's done it plenty of times, just running down a touchline. I I don't think it's on the level of that. No, that's true. It it isn't anywhere near the worst example of it you'll see, is it? No. um, I, I can fully understand why Neil Harris would be disappointed obviously it's conceded a goal that late on but you can't be angry when you score I, d- I think as as the commentators screamed out just because it was just before stoppage time that we had five seconds left yeah which is at best a lie <laughs> <laughs> it was wrong but you know it does sound better yeah um yeah, when you when you score an equaliser with five minutes left in a game where you know we've created a few chances and probably you know he's probably say a draw was a fair result, but we could have had another one at least. I think. Um, yeah, you you can't blame anyone for being happy to to rescue a point late on. I think a lot of it comes down to just being. In Bermondsey, you don't really see happiness very often. So they don't know how to react. Oh, look at that. There's some wildflowers growing over there. Stamp on them. Kill them now. Stamp on them. Kill them now. Isn't that what they say whenever they see anyone who isn't white? <laughs> I'm not the I biggest fan of Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment on that, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Uh, on... On to another thing that didn't shock me. Leeds 3, Preston 0. Yeah, it's a very, very good performance. Yeah, we, we played really well. We were a bit sloppy in the opening 10 minutes of each half. But outside of that, the other 70, we were really excellent. We were, well, every bit as good as we were away at Norwich when we beat them 3-0, I think. Yeah, it's it just amazing. I know they were missing a couple of players as well. and It was quite interesting as the stream I was listening to the last 20 minutes or so. It was the Preston commentary. Oh, was it their I follow thing instead of ours? Yeah, yeah, which was interesting. They would, you know, much considering they are the Preston commentators, they were much more, uh, much more down the middle than say Don Goodman. Yeah, <laughs> Leeds fan Don Goodman, <laughs> who's meant to be a neutral in most most of the games he commentates for us, but clearly isn't. Um, and it was quite interesting listening to them talking because, like we say, obviously they were missing a few a few key players. Yeah, they were missing that Ben Pearson, and he he makes a big difference for them because he's a proper, you know, hard nosed, dirty bastard in the middle of midfield, and he does help. Yeah, um, it was interesting. They were they were full of praise for you know, Saez and Phillips, um, who it was amazing. The amount that space size just kept finding himself and he's he's so good at just getting a yard or two away from people and just gives himself that bit of time to turn and push on before he gets closed down. Yeah. Uh, the thing with uh, Saez, by the way, is uh, it, it's a good chance for me to mention, obviously I was in East Stand Up where my season ticket is. Behind me and just to the left must have been one of the biggest morons I have ever had to sit near at a football game. <laughs> I've never heard it like it. Size is shite and not he sometimes holds on to the ball too long no like look at him it's a shit touch he's got no technique mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say one of the things he's got in spades is technique yeah. Calvin Calvin Phillips can't pass a ball to save his life this is after leads a second goal where we played that fantastic football <laughs> linesman that's never offside no because he's given a throw in <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, you just... Like, you know, anyone can see a flag go up and overreact once, but he did it every single time. Like, you know, that's never felt it really was. Like... (laughs) I tell you, the the free kick thing, it's one of those big things over here, the amount of times, like, any time someone goes to the floor over here, you get people just, you know, scream, oh, fucking hell, ref, come on, what's that? And it's just, you you just sat there going, it's a foul, though. Or, you know, just, or it's, you know, just, they get it wrong so often over here, it's... It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. However, I can tell from the accent that he doesn't have the excuse of being American. Well, yes, true. Um, yeah, we, we, sorry, just to get back onto this now because I was, I was drifting off a bit then. Um, we, we were fantastic all over the park. I think it was very difficult to pick a man of the match out of a, 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 there's a good group of, I think, between Phillips, Saez, um, I thought Pontus has had a great game. Um, Ailing and Douglas, as usual. Click probably should have had two goals. You know, we, we were just fantastic all over the field. Yeah, the, uh, in the play ratings article that wrote on through it all together, the lowest rating I gave out was to Alioski. And I made a point of saying he by no means had a bad game. You know, I mean, he had a goal disallowed that I still haven't seen back as to whether it was offside or not. But with it being Alioski, you tend to assume it probably was because that is one thing he does a lot. Yeah. Um, but I gave him like a six and a half out of ten and everyone else was seven, seven and a half, eight. I actually ended up giving... My, I gave man at match to Janssen. I thought it was up there with the very best games he's had for Leeds. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. He was bombing forward. We won't go... Normally we'd go through it in order, but when you look at that third goal, when he presses forward and wins that ball back, he's about 35 yards from Preston's goal playing centre-back mm. when we're 2-0 up. He, in this game, the amount of times, and uh, we, you know, we've always known he has the ability to kind of bring the ball out, but he was bombing forward when he got it. If he had some space, he was going for it. I loved it. Yeah, he. Um, I think now that he's in, he's in. As much as Berardi's done well, there's been a lot saying, oh, apparently the reason why uh, Bielsa's so keen on keeping Berardi in is because of his passing ability. But I think once Janssen gets used to it, I don't think I think his passing ability is probably the best of the three if he gets used to the system. Yeah, um, certainly in this game, it you didn't pick out any problems with it. Um, he looks confident either, you know, just giving the ball to like Phillips or Click, or even just looking for those, you know, looking for those long diagonal balls to get it wide. Because yeah, it was his pass for the Alioski disallowed goal, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. And, yeah, for me, he um, he just looked so dominant the whole time. And is it Lewis, is it Lewis Maltz? That's yeah. their striker. He, nothing getting through to him, really. And you could see him getting frustrated through the game. Yeah, you could have easily forgot he was on the pitch. And he's not a bad player, either. He just couldn't get anywhere. No, the speed with which we were playing, they just couldn't cope with it. Um, I did think Tyler Roberts probably had, he had a fairly quiet game until those last 10 minutes, but... Well, it was, he had a quiet first half and then he got better as the game went on. Mm, The one thing, I think the thing I said on, on Twitter as he was coming off was that it shows that even if you do have a game like that, that the amount of time he's been out for as well. It's, it's good to see him getting in to two good positions um, to get those goals. I mean, that, that lob was was so nice and so confident of him to try it. Yeah, it's a good job he scored it, though, because Alioski might have killed him. I mean, he was mm. absolutely wide open in the middle of the box with an open goal <laughs> if he'd have squared it. And Alioski was right behind him for the header as well. Yeah, that one's different. That one was... I mean, we'll, we'll do each goal. I mean, the ball from Phillips was quality for Roberts's lob. But the little bit that went a bit under radar was the couple of quick passes, Janssen, Phillips, Ailing Phillips to get us out mm. before it. That was, that was nice. Again, it's just, it's just how calm they are doing it now as well. The speed they can do it. And just, it's so confident. That confidence is transferring to, to the crowd as well. Mm. As the season's gone on, you can hear it less and less, the panic 
I mean, there are a couple of times where, I mean, Bielsa's, just because they're playing the ball out, the instructions aren't be stupid. There was one time when Peacock Farrell got the ball back and everyone was marked and he still played it short and we got into a little bit of trouble. But that was the only time all game that we got into any trouble. Like, I only heard my dad once say, just whoosh to it. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas I think the first time that I took him this season, he might have said that six or seven times. So the confidence is transferring. Yeah. Um, And now we are unbeaten, top of the league, looking good. Yeah. It can only go wrong. Yeah, uh, Click's ball as well for Robert's header for the goal. It was perfectly judged. He almost couldn't miss. If Click would have had his shooting boots on like he has rest of season, I the second one I don't have that much of a go at him for. It's on his, it's on his weaker side, and he goes for power and he gets it wrong. But the first one mm. is a proper. You've got to score that. Yeah, I'd... and Harrison's one that it's the post is the same. They're both chances that you have to score. I think looking back at the the first click one now, you just it's amazing that he's missed the target with it. Yeah, you know it was it was a very good chance. It was a great run by him as well, and in the Millwall game as well, the, the, you know this this ball in behind now is looking good. And I suppose that's probably been the benefit of having Roof up front is that you've got someone with that pace who can get onto those passes. Um, and Roberts was doing the same, just making these good runs in behind the defender. I think it was was it Harrison who played the ball in for Click's first chance. Yeah, that was Harrison's through ball. Oh, it was the perfect pass. And again, like and the best I've seen, or the best I've seen of Harrison so far, he just looks so lively throughout the game. Yeah, I said he was. It was his best game in a league shirt. I gave him like an eight and a half. He, I thought he was absolutely quality. Um, I had two nil. You had two one. So after that, I'm still two points ahead, 14 points to 12. The only uh, sure. the only real questions come out of that game. Uh, at the end, in the last sort of five to eight minutes with stoppage time, Leeds brought on Baker, Dallas and Forshaw. Uh, would you have brought on either Clark or Edmondson? Because my first thought was, uh, once Roberts got the second, I said to my dad, because that's how I went to game where I said, right, I'd bring on Clark for Alioski and I'd bring on Edmondson for Roberts and give him a run out. I I definitely thought about Clark for Alioski, and to be honest, I think I said that around 70, 75 minutes, because I said by that point, Alioski is just looking tired and frustrated. Yeah. By the way, did you put that on our Twitter? Because I never checked. Yeah, I did. Ah, people will probably know then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I would have liked to see him get some time, and I, I think if you talk about players earning time, I don't know what more... Clark has to do for the for the under twenty threes. He's you know he's been in good form. He's a threat. Um, I can see I can see why you'd play Dallas because I think he needs to keep up the game yeah. time. And I think one of the things Bielsa said before the milk was because the under twenty threes played on Monday, I yeah, believe they played the day before. Forshaw got a few minutes in that. So did Baker. Blackman played, but Dallas didn't, so he, he would have needed minutes, def- definitely. Because I'm guessing after the the foreshore injury, I think someone asked him on on the press at the press conference on either, it was either Sunday or Monday um, about first team players playing in the in the in the under 23s, and he said, you know, it's not ideal, but we also need to keep them match fit in case they need to come in. Yeah, which you know I think makes in which makes a lot of sense. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think it shows that he's, he's going to keep players playing. And I think we said last time, it's good to see us using the under 23s to keep players match fit. Yeah, it's, it's good to see. And in fairness, Bielsa did say like three weeks ago, you know, I want these young players to earn their first team minutes. I'm not just going to give them them for sentimental reasons. So even mm-hmm. though I think Jack Clark probably has earned it, he might be not bringing him on as almost like a motivating factor. No, I'm not. I'm not putting you in. I need more. I need more. Mm. Well, let's let's hope let's hope it works. Um, you know, he's been doing well for the best part of a year now. Yeah, he has. I mean, last year I'd say that the two that stood out to me early on, the two the two that we banged on about were Jack Clark and Tom Pierce. Mm. Obviously, I know Pierce isn't getting in the team now because Barry Douglas is just better than him. That's fine. 
But uh, he's in the squad. It's good to see that he's on the bench, though. He's in the squad. Um, you know, hopefully he can. It'd be nice to see him getting a bit more game time as well. But at the same time, when you've got someone the quality of Barry Douglas, he, 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 the same with Luke Ailing on the right hand side, you're just very reluctant to take them out. Yeah. Well, uh, because we've only had a week between podcasts this time, because uh, then I'll say now there's going to be like a three week break after this because I'm away next week. Then there's a couple of games and then it's the international break, so we probably won't be back till in the international break. So we're doing one now. Jack's UEFA Cup campaign starts with a a nice uh, first first round away leg at uh, Sparta Prague. Yeah, Sparta Prague it is. Although I am going to try and get hold of the Duke of Prague away kit and hope my uncle owns a sports shop to keep it to one side. Oh, lovely. What a, what a, a believe half man, half biscuit reference. Yes, it, indeed. I'm, I'm surprised you actually <laughs> knew that. <laughs> I was hoping some people that would is, know that, but I'm surprised you knew that. That, that is a cracking reference. Um, I am genuinely going to look out. I don't want to buy the old 70s one that they all have for the... That I want the new one. <laughs> so th- there's a, a shop in, in Portland... I did not that anyone will be. I don't know how many people are listening in this region, but I'll give them a shout out. Possession FC, who sell they sell you know some good books and magazines, a lot of like old uh, like old retro style shirts and stuff like that. And one of the ones they have is a Dulco Prague shirt. I don't know if it's the away shirt. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it roughly like an off yellow? I can't remember off the with, top of with my a, head. A badge in the middle on the chest, like our Diodora kit. Yes, if yeah, I remember rightly. That's that one that they do. By the way, I've just realised I didn't know Bielsa's doing a press conference right now. So I'm just going to have Twitter open at the side in case anything major happens. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say before is there hasn't been much news. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff with the loan players. Uh, we'll start with the main bit of nice news. Idaguchi scored on his debut, looked on his first start, did well. 4-1 win. Uh, Debock played, did okay. Grot, same. Chibitsky missed an absolute sitter. Malik Wilkes did well, goal and assist, and got in the AFL team of the week for Donny. Oh, good lad. Uh, Louis Coyle did uh, 90 minutes, kitching 90 minutes. Harrogate Town are top at conference, by the way, which is really impressive. Yeah, they've they've made a really good start to the season. Yeah, he, Kitching's doing well for him. He's been playing left-back, apparently, with yeah. rather than centre-back. Uh the lads in Spain all played but didn't do much. O'Connor, O'Connor Tyler Dent and Hadi Sacco weren't involved. Uh, Ekuban came off bench for Trabzon Spar. Uh, but the main bit of news with that is uh, Paul Yunan O'Kane. Yes, Paul broken Yunan O'Kane. Yeah, it was, I mean, I, I did see it. It looked really nasty. It didn't look, not nasty as in he's gone out to do him or anything. It wasn't deliberate. It just, but it really looked horrible. Yeah, um, it's just a horrendous injury, like you're saying, to be out for the season at this point. Uh, it's it's devastating for a player, like and uh, he's got a long he's got a long way to go now. Cause, you know, obviously he's out for the season, then he's got to go through all his physical therapy and rebuilding his fitness. So it's gonna be a long, hard year for him. Yeah, uh, broken leg in two places. He had his surgery. Hopefully, he can make pre-season for next season. That's his best shot of. That's his best shot of doing something because I, I know he's never going to get back in here but if he could make pre-season next season that'll stand him in good stead for getting a move somewhere. Yeah. Uh, speaking of really awful things actually I haven't got this on the notes but I just want to mention it uh, of sympathy to uh, Stephen Darby as well. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Yeah, he, uh, we, my main, I mean, I haven't seen him play that much. I've seen him off and on. My main memory is a, of a drunk friend of the podcast, Mark Young, going through Leeds at like 18, 19, singing Stephen Derby Baby. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mo- diagnosed with mu- motor neuron disease at like 29. That's, I mean, it's horrible. Yeah. I, there's, there's, you know, really nothing else you can say apart from how awful it is. Yeah, it's, it's it, it need, I just thought it needs mentioning just because it's awful. Uh, the main actual bits of news away from Leeds, Neil Redfern resigned as coach of Liverpool's women's team, having only been there a few months. And like every player came out to praise him. And it sounds like from the bits I can piece together, there's been nothing official, but it sounds like something's happened behind the scenes to force him out and that the players aren't pleased about it. Yeah, I read an article about it. I think it was, I think it was in the, the Liverpool Echo and 
it did, it did just seem to come out of nowhere. There, there didn't seem to be any any reason for it. Um, you know, I, you hope things have, are ending reasonably well for him in, in as much as the shit he's gone through, you know, between between his time at Leeds and then he's going to go through something else now with Liverpool and having to spend time in Doncaster. It's awful. Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll get a job somewhere because he does seem to be very respected coaching-wise now. Uh, Josh mm. Warrington's fighting Southampton for the heavyweight title at Manchester Arena on the 22nd of December, which is basically Leeds United away at Manchester Arena. Uh, yes. Un- unfortunately, Leeds play Aston Villa away that day. But that's absolutely nailed on to be on TV. Yeah, that's going to be a 5.45, isn't it? So it's either going to be that or maybe it gets moved to the 21st or 23rd. Mm. So we we might be all right. It was quite good. I don't know if you've listened to it, the uh, Phil Hay speaking to Josh Warrington on the YEP podcast. No, I never got chance to last. With me being on nights, I never I forgot about it. I listened to the the one that they brought out today, but I'll need to go back and listen to it. Yeah, it's it's just interesting because you know they kind of talk about Leeds for the first ten minutes or so, and then it's it's mostly just focused on on his boxing. Very interesting to listen to because obviously at one point they were looking at. Um, you know, having it in in uh, Belfast, I believe. Well, that's what everyone was expecting. Everyone was expecting Belfast. Yeah. And then I think they they kind of settled on Manchester as, as a middle point because I think they were saying, you know, it's it's not far to drive from Leeds. It's a thirty five minute flight from Belfast to Manchester Airport. Um, and and they hate both of us because Leeds United are here, and of course, people in Ireland blew up next, so they hate both of us <laughs> equally. I'm sure Manchester will be thrilled. <laughs> um, but I think they said it, they can get like twenty. I think they said it can get twenty-two thousand at the Manchester Arena for for that fight as well. Which I don't know if they have though. If they can get that those sort of numbers in Belfast. Yeah, I'm not sure whether if it's in the arena. I don't think they can, and I doubt that they'd have it in one of the stadiums. So yeah, that time of year it'd be, uh, be a bit cold. To have an outdoor fight. <laughs> Josh, keep your coat on. Yeah. Mums are rings. You won't feel the benefit. Come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's been a couple at youth games. Under 18s beat Bolton 4 1. Uh, Niall Huggins, Noan Kenny, and two for Charlie Cresswell. Who, I will have to check. I was under the impression that Charlie Cresswell's a centre back. But I know he takes penalties and he seems to have scored two, so I'd better check that. It could be, it could be like his dad and play centre back and striker. Did he score? He scored last week as well. Yeah, I think that one was a penalty. Um, but I could have sworn he was wearing number five when he scored that penalty. I haven't seen the video from the four one, so I'm not sure. Well, either way, good to good to have options. Yeah, I can't find uh, what competition it was and stuff, so I'm going to guess it was a youth friendly. But uh, Matthew Downing played 45 minutes in a game at York City, which was really good to see because he's been out injured for like 19 and a half months. Leeds gave him an extension on his contract to try and get fit, so mm. it's good to see him back because. He was rated quite highly at one pace, but you never know what you're going to get when someone's been out that long. Yeah, that's especially at his age, that's a long time. A, a lot of development you're missing out on there. Um, you know, near enough two years. Um, I think he's like 19 now as well. It's Yeah, hopefully. I've, that's my, That might be the good thing about having under-23 football is that he might get a bit of extra time in there at least to... As you know, as opposed to when it was the under twenty ones or something like that. Yeah. Um. You know, give him a bit more time to play some football, but hopefully, uh, hopefully he can recover well. And uh, you know, that's that's the most important thing is that he recovers properly and he builds himself back up, and hopefully, he doesn't have any other issues with it. Yeah. And lastly, for you, uh, under twenty three, drew two all with Chef Wednesday. Uh, Jack Clark's got our second. Our first was a fantastic own goal. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't seen the own goal. No, uh, basically, Chef Wednesday defender passes it back to their keeper, who takes the first touch back inside, just straight over at goal line, <laughs> and then kicks it clear, and they all up in arms. But you can see it's a good yard of a line. Mm. <laughs> really, really bad. Uh, Sean got injured in this, so Leeds played last with 10 men, but it does... I've only seen the highlights of this, but it seemed like Leeds were better side all the way through, and that means that as well as senior team, I believe the under-23s and under-18s are both still unbeaten as well. Lovely. 
that's fair. Yeah, good stuff again. Like you say, Jack Clark getting in there with another goal. Um, in terms of his, his time in the under-23s, I don't think you can ask much more of him. No, he's been brilliant. Uh, I think that that's the last thing for the news. Yeah, uh, last thing for news. I just want to say a big well done to everyone who participated in the walk from Ellen Road yesterday. You know, from Ellen Road and back via Bradford City and Huddersfield Town. It was for Muscular Dystrophy UK and Leeds Children's Hospital. Uh, they were trying to raise five grand, and the last time I checked, which admittedly was a few hours ago, they'd raised 8,941 quid. Uh, there will be a link on Martin Highwood's Twitter and the Square Balls Twitter, and a few, I've retweeted it a few times as well on our podcast's Twitter. So if anyone's got a spare couple of quid to give them, it's open for a few more days. But it's a really good cause. Yeah, it was good to see because um, they went to. I saw them at Bradford City with uh, Chris Kamara as well, and Ian Hart was with them for the. Uh, did Ian Hart do the full thing? I don't know. I know he was there. I know he was there, and I know that uh, when we went to Huddersfield, good old Husey was there. Ah, oh, there you go, good lad Husey. Um, yeah, great thing to do. And like I say, if you if you got an extra couple of quid, yeah, get you know. Give them the money, they deserve it. It's you know it's a great cause. Right, uh, we'll come on to previews in a sec, but I've run out of beer. Right, in theory we should be back. Hopefully everything's working. Uh so we'll go on to this Saturday, Birmingham at home. Uh I believe that this and Blackburn away are the only two of our next nine that are on Sky. And I believe you can watch this one, uh, or I can watch this one on LUTV for the low, low price of just £5. Yeah, unlike if you're in this country where it's £10, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I got really annoyed at that. Yeah, £10. That is too much. I think if it's a tenner to watch one game, you should illegally stream it. I'm going to say now, LUTV, there's a reason Premier Plus no longer exists. Yeah, and they weren't charging that much. That was my oh, Premier Plus. That is a blasphemy past. The days of pay-per-view football. Am I right in thinking, you know when we beat West Brom away that season? I think that was on there. When Boyer scored that really good goal. Oh, I can't remember. The one I remember, same season, is when we lost, I think we lost 2-0 to Tottenham. And I just remember that was on where Venables caught the ball and instinctively just threw it straight to whoever their winger was who took a quick throw and they scored from it. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, drop it, give it a little kick away or something. It's just, no, there you go. So, oh, shit, they've gone. Yeah, the, the best one of them I ever saw was uh, Stuart Pearce ran onto the pitch when he was Man City manager. They were pissing about, taking ages to take a free kick, however it was they were playing. And he literally ran on the pitch and put the ball down on the spot to take the free kick and they took it quickly and scored. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, uh, back to Birmingham. Uh <sighs> Obviously, they're managed by Gary Monk, but to be honest, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I think we've all moved on from that now. Yeah, they're 20th in league with six points from eight games, which sounds disastrous, but they're a bit better than that. They have, they've only lost two, they've drawn six, and three or four of those draws were games they should have won. Mm. And last game was a nil-nil away at Sheffield United, which isn't a bad result by any stretch. Yeah, they, they, they looked... See, kind of... Uh, he solidified them at the end of last season. And the, the bits that I've seen, I've just seen little highlights here and there, but they've looked solid enough. Yeah, they've got a few good players, but it, it's. They've got like. I think they've got a good 11, but beyond that, not much. Like, they've got Lee Camping Goal, who isn't what he once was. Because obviously, uh, Stockdale is still ostracised. I'm assuming he's come back now, but did you see that little seven-day loan deal that Stockdale had? No. Yeah, he went on loan to Southend for seven days as an emergency because all of their goalkeepers got injured. Oh, wow. Interesting. And I think he played one game and then went back because it was, like, properly everyone's injured. We need to do something. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Lee Camping goal. Uh, defensively, they've got some good players like Maxine Collin and Harley Dean that were signed from Brentford. They must be looking at league table and wishing they'd stayed. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Harley Dean. He's always a good player. Yeah. He doesn't know how to spell his first name properly, but, you know. No, that's very true. Uh, Michael Morrison and that left-back Christian Pedersen, he'd better be some good. We were linked to him, but he'd better be some good because he's the deal that they're maybe getting a points deduction for. Oh, okay. I have no idea about him. If you're going to get a points deduction for a player, it better be some good. 
Yeah. It's like when Chelsea got fined all that money and it was for Gail Kakuta. <laughs> <laughs> and it became nothing. Yeah. It, it, there was a couple of those, wasn't there, in uh, the mid-2000s? Yeah. Uh, midfield, they've got that Keefton Bell, who I quite like. They've got both Craig and Gary Gardner now, who just seem to move around the Midlands clubs between them. Yeah. Was Gary at Sunderland briefly? No, Craig was at Sunderland briefly. Okay. Craig's the one that really loves a long shot. Yes. Who I believe is a few years older. Yeah. Mm. A decent midfield midfield pair to have. Yeah, they've also got one-time Leeds trialist Jacques Magoma as well, who has scored a few against us. Not good enough for us in League One. No. Uh, They've got three decent strikers as well. They've got Che Adams, who I quite like. Uh, Lucas Jukovic is okay, and Omar Bogle is quick, if nothing else. That is one of my favourite names in football. Omar Bogle. Yeah. Uh, you can see where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are. Eight games, they've scored five, conceded seven. Yeah. Uh, I have just refreshed Phil Hayes' Twitter to check. Uh, none of Berardi, Rue, Fernandez, or Shackleton and Bamford, obviously, will be back. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting and then to be back for this one. Um, honestly, I, I I think we have the potential to rip these to shreds in this game. Um, I, th- I think, like you say, the, the decent defensive unit, not bad midfield, but honestly, I, I feel like we could just rip these to shreds. It's definitely a game I think we should win, but they do defend fairly well. So I'm, I, I'm, I, we, we, we've got four to get through, so we won't take that long on it. I'm going to say 2-0. I'm going to go 3-0. Go. I'm very optimistic. Tougher game next up and the first of three in a row on Sky. Uh, Chef Wednesday away, Friday night. Sheffield Wednesday away on a Friday night. Who thought they'd ever try that again? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm sure Chris Kirkland still has nightmares. Yeah. I'm sure Alan Corley's still got a season ticket under a fake name. Yeah, um, it's probably like Connie at this point. It's probably under a fifth, dif- fifth fake name. Yeah, by the way, just for context, that in case you didn't hear earlier podcast, because he used to get sent off a lot playing football and play under a fake name, not because he has a banning order. <laughs> 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 Different thing. Uh, last last game, they, they got beat two one. He's not here to defend himself. Fuck him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we can say what we want now. He needs a fake name because he's been married five times and he isn't divorced once yet. (laughs) Oh, what's he going to (laughs) do? Yeah, their last game, they got beat 2-1 at Forest. Uh, They've dropped Kieran Westwood and made him third-choice goalkeeper. Third? Yeah, uh, Cameron Dawson, they've been picking his first choice. Joe Wildsmith is second. Uh, Some at Chef Wednesday fans have been very much up in arms about it. Chef Wednesday in a bit of a crisis because they've been under a transfer embargo and... Loads of stuff. They, they did gamble for two years in a row, didn't they? With buying 95 different strikers all on big money. Yeah, didn't work. No, it didn't work at all. So, yeah, they've got Cameron, David, Cameron Dawson in goal, who is... I don't really know anything about him. Uh, defensively... I'm not a clue. Defensively, Tom Lee's his captain now. Yep, it's all his fault. Yep, still his fault. Uh, Morgan Fox is an okay left back. Daniel Pudel's all right. Sam Hutchinson's a massive shit house. He can play centre back or centre mid. Mm. Uh, Kieran Lee in midfield. He's decent. He scored the third goal when the beaters last season. The good strike after that weird pass that you no game played. Mm. Uh, Josh Onema on loan from Spurs. He's pretty good. Barry Bannon's having a really good season. Scored a few. Yeah. Barry Banner, as it says here. Oh, yeah, have I I missed off an N? (laughs) Yeah, Barry Banana. Yeah, Adam Leach is decent. Uh, George Boyd, I'm guessing he's nowhere near first team because I believe he played for their under-23s in that two-all draw. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Then when you think up front, when you think that they have managed to get rid of a couple of strikers that they had on books, like Jordan Rhodes, Scott Norwich and stuff, they've still got Stephen Fletcher, Sam Winall, Gary Hooper, at De Nuiu, Lucas Zhao, who's top scorer with three goals, Marco Matias and Fernando Forestieri, who'll be back from his ban for fighting. I've, d- d- please tell me they just play one up front. I believe they do, yeah. <laughs> but look, Lucas Zhao is their top scorer with three goals. You know what I did not realise? What? Lucas Yao has got two caps for Portugal. Oh, 
I did not know that. And he's only 25. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Like when he, he got seven goals in 46 games for Nacional. I just got his stuff up now because I'd heard someone mention it, so I was checking it was true. Seven, seven in 46 for Nacional. Then he got 12 in 27 for Mirandella, who I'm guessing are like a second division club because I've never heard of them. Then 15 in 80 for Chef Wednesday and 3 in 13 on loan at Blackburn. So when was he in enough form to get two caps for Portugal? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's baffling. Yeah, I would think that Zhao will play. I mean, I hope Nuiu doesn't play. Because even though we've now, we'll now be playing Cooper and Janssen, I would think, Nuiu mm. is such a big shithouse that is the sort of one that always does damage against us. Right, I'm, just, I'm just having a look at Stephen Fletcher at the moment because... I can't believe that man ever cost eleven million pounds. Yeah, twelve. Sorry, twelve. Um, well, there's a reason they're in League One now, mate. <laughs> I was just completely unaware that he had a season on loan at Marseille. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? I Two totally goals f- and twelve games. I had totally forgot about that. Of what? Like, I think it was the season after Joey Barton went out there. Joey Barton, I could almost understand. Just, I don't know who in French football is looking. Who who needs? What do we need? A big Scottish lad to lead the line. Stephen Fletcher, get him in. Yeah, it is a very very strange one. But yeah, very. He came, sorry, he made his debut for the club six days later, coming on as a second half substitute for Michi Batshuayi. Huh. And their careers. <laughs> the more you know. Um, a real sliding doors moment. <laughs> <laughs> How odd. Um, anyway, yeah, back to the wealth of strikers. Yeah, I mean, for us, I would think that one of them will play up front, probably Zhao, and then they'll they'll play, and one of the midfielders and Forestieri off him as the main attacking ones. I would think, but uh, mm. they're thirteen for eleven points from eight. As it's an away game and it's a derby. Like, the Birmingham one, I think, is one we have to win. This is one where, if we got a point, it's not end at world. But I do think that we'll beat them. So I'm, I'm going to say 2-1, Leeds. I'm, I'm going to go 1-1 draw. Mm. Uh, then, the following Tuesday, Hull City away, which is live on Sky, but it's one of the ones that's on Red Button. So it will be streamed on LUTV and stuff. Not that mm. anyone will pay for it, because it's a rip-off. 19th with seven points from eight games. I said pre-season, but I thought they'd go down. Admittedly, between that and deadline day, they did bring in a couple of decent players. So I think the squad's a little bit better than when I said that, but I still think they'll be right down there. Yeah. Um, birthday game this for me. Oh, yeah, so it is. Can you remember being back we went to, to watch this last season? That was when Connor Shocknessy got injured and was it like the first five minutes and... Yeah, oh, was, that that was an awful game. Yeah, it was nil nil on it, and one of the most dreadful games you'll ever see. Neither team did anything. The pitch was awful. It did look like no one could, you know, trap a pass. Oh, I was, I was awful. Mm. I think that was the epitome of a. Uh, that would have been, yeah, it would have been hecking bottom, I believe. I can't remember when it was in season, to be honest. So you might well be right. I just remember that it was shite. That's all I remember. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was awful. Yeah. Uh, they've got a decent keeper. David Marshall's all right. Uh, at back, uh, Eric Lehigh, he did all right at Leeds and has, all, has done all right since. He did. I'm, if Forrest wouldn't have had such a massive turnover, I would have thought he'd have stayed. Yeah, he's, he's, a, good, he's a good championship right back. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Elphick's pretty good. Uh, he's one of the ones they brought in after I tipped him to go down. Because I was surprised he didn't get more game time at Villa. I think he's a good player. Mm. Uh, they've got Reese Burke, who I'm guessing he's still on loan from West Ham because he's he's been all over, hasn't he? Okay, just just as a brief side note on West Ham, it's quite funny to see that um, they were missing a couple of key players at the weekend, and that's when they win. Yeah, well, get Jack Wilshire out the side. Well, it, I mean, they did actually finally switch to a three-man midfield, which makes a big difference. But they were trying to play four-four-two with the midfield engine of Mark Noble and Jack Wilshire. I mean, Matt Noble can't run anymore, and Jack Wilshire can't run bit as of the last th- three years. <laughs> you know, you're always just going to get overrun. Uh, they've got some good midfielders. Uh, Jackson Irving and John Terrell are both pretty talented. I like Jackson Irving a lot. I think he's a good player. 
Uh, I don't know if he'll be back in the side because he hasn't been playing, but they've still got Kamil, Kamil Grzycki because his deadline day move fell through. Uh, he shouldn't be at Hull. He's far better than that. He shouldn't really be in Championship. He's a really good player. Mm. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, this, this list of midfielders, I don't really have much clue about many of them. Oh, to you, is it a veritable who's that of midfielders? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Stewart cost eight million from Liverpool when they were in Premier League. I don't know quite how he cost that much. He is a decent young player, but he should have never cost that much. I'm going to say this: that's fucking diabolical. <laughs> and uh, Evandro. No wonder they nearly went down last season. That's <laughs> fucking madness. Yeah. Uh, Evandro's their joint top scorer with Irving from midfield. Then up front, they've got Jared Bowen, who is a young player and he's been doing quite well. Uh, Fraser Campbell, Will Keane. Newer Dicko's all right, he's quick, powerful. And they've signed Chris Martin as well on loan, which I didn't realise until I was doing these notes earlier. Yeah, Chris Chris Martin's a good player to have around for the experience. I know he didn't have the best seasons last year, but um, always a good option to have at this level. Fraser Campbell. Uh, Fraser Campbell's done this for... A couple of years now, as well in the in the championship, he he's been there a little while. Yeah, yeah. well, he was there, didn't he? Wasn't he there, and then he left, and then he came back. Ah, uh, because I know he went to Sunderland. Yeah, because Fraser and... Campbell had that. He had when he was a Man United player, he had a really good loan spell at Hull. Yeah, and that's what got him that move to Spurs, where he didn't really do much. Fraser Campbell went to Spurs. I'm like ninety eight percent sure. Hang on. Let's get let's get. You're what you're sat at a on laptop. You can Google it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah, like, you, you keep going. I'm like 98 percent sure he's played the Spurs at one point. It's another team where we should be beating them, even if it's an away game. We should be beating them. He went to Spurs on loan, mm. and he played for Antwerp as well. Well, all of the scum players did at that point, didn't they? They were one at first proper feeder clubs. Yeah, there's a load of them did like you know Adam Eckersley and people. <laughs> it's a bit like um. Is it Club Bruges now for Chelsea? Uh, no, v- Vitas Arnhem. Vitas Arnhem, that's it. That's where they all are. Because ve- <laughs> that's where uh, Lewis Malt, well, not Lewis Malt, that's because you said it earlier. Mason Mount uh, Mason Mount scored all of them last season. Lewis Baker played at Vitas Arnhem as well. That's where all those uh, under-23s disappear to. Yeah, it is. And 36-year-old goalkeeper Eduardo is there this season. Uh, what do you recommend Hull away? Um, we we should beat Hull. Yeah, looking at that team, um, again, I, I, I feel like we'll we'll be able to overrun their midfield fairly comfortably. Um, so I'm going to say I'm going to say two, I'm going to say three one. I'm going to say three nil. I think these are shite. So we're definitely losing. <laughs> 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 now I think we'll win three nil. Ah, uh, the old kiss of death. Yeah. Right, those three, if we got seven points from that, I'd be happy yeah. with that. Each one on paper is one we should win, but if you got two wins from a draw, you'd be happy. Yeah, I'd take that. And then, the last game before international break, and we'll be back at some point in the international break. This is massive. Brentford at home. 12.30 kickoff on Saturday, 6th of October, live on Sky, properly live on Sky. I will not be watching that live then. If I, I know that it's 4.30 in the morning, but I think you should. I should, but I don't think I will. Are you actually working Saturday? Because um, if you're not working, if you're not working, get up and be tired, because this is a massive game. I'm probably not working, but we'll, I'll see. I think if we get nine points from the other three, you'll be up. I can tell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, They're third in league, 15 points from eight. Uh, neither of us actually tipped them to go up, although... I did mention that I was 50-50 between them and West Brom for who goes up in playoffs. And I said I'll go West Brom because I think they'll lose Ryan Woods and that'll make a big difference. And they have lost Ryan Woods, he's gone to Stoke. The only thing is that they're still playing really well. Mm. They've got a really good side. Uh, Daniel Bentley in goal, who's a good keeper, although he does have a massive error in him. See last season. See our game there last season where they beat us 3-1, but his mistake only got overshadowed because... Lonergan made two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henrik Dalsgaard's good. Esri Conser, the set. They've got two centre backs, a centre back pairing, Esri Conser and Chris Mepham, and they're both absolutely quality, and they're both only twenty years old. 
Jeez. Like Concert was another one that came through at Charlton. They've had a few over the last few years. Mm. But he, he looks really good. And Chris Meppham's broke into Wales side as well. That's main place I've seen him. He looks really good. Uh, at left back, it would be Rico Henry, but he's been out for months and months with a knee injury. He is back in training and has been on bench, but I wouldn't think he'd be fit enough to start by the time this game comes around, so it'll probably be Johan Barbe. I will say Rico Henry is a fantastic name. Yeah. They've got Moses Adebayo as well uh, as another right-back option who can also play left-back. They haven't got a massive squad, but they've got some real quality. Like In midfield, yeah, they've lost Ryan Woods, but Josh McEachran's really good. Sergi Canos is good. Romain Sawyers is good. This... They've been playing someone called uh, Camuelo Macocho, who I don't know much about, but I have heard him mentioned as really good from other people. But I, I can't back that up because I haven't seen it myself, to be honest. Nico Yanaris was good as well. He was quite highly rated when he was young, a youngster at Arsenal as well. Yeah, they, they, like you say, they've got a good team. They've kind of been building, and I think the, the size of them, uh, the size of their club, they're always going to be having to sell players, but they do have a good track record over the last few years of kind of replacing any of the players they lose. But yeah, they are one of the main Moneyball teams in terms of a success story with it. They've signed some really good players. Mm. Are they one of the first clubs as well that eliminated their academy as well to focus on kind of recruiting almost you know an under 23 team to develop them as opposed to getting kids in at 8, 9, 10 yeah I think they weren't the first but they were one of them they just said look because of where they're based they were losing them all to big London clubs so they just said ah sod it we'll pick up 17 and 18 year olds that have gone from other places yeah and they seem to have done a really good job of that and you know have a good sort of cycle bringing them into the team yeah Uh, forwards I mean Neil Morpé He's had a three-game ban this season for violent conduct, and he's got eight goals in six games. You know, he's he's in he's top scorer in the league, having missed three matches. He's been in. Um, admittedly, when I've seen the highlights, nearly all of them are from about four yards. So, which one is it? Says he gets in good positions, but it says that they play some really good stuff if their strikers getting that good a level of chances. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ollie Watkins is pretty good as well. Uh, Sergi Canos can play up front, but uh, Saeed Ben-Rama, he seems to be kind of like their Samu Saez, in that he blows a bit hot and cold, but when he's on it, he's brilliant. Mm. No one's as good as Samu. No, literally no one. No. You can take your Kylian Mbappes and, nah, I'm all right. Yeah. Got Samu Saez. But yeah, right now with Bucky's, this is the two favourites for the league facing off. This one... I'm going to say... I'm going to be optimistic and say we sneak a 1-0 win. I'm going to say that we win this and we win it 3-1. I wouldn't be saying that if we were away. No. But I think at home, I genuinely think we'll do them. Because I don't think they'll sit here with 10 men behind ball. I think they'll come and try to play. And I think if they come to play at the moment, I think we'll have them. Yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be quite nice having a game where a team do that. We've been... Come up against a couple of teams now that set you know set up fairly defensively. Ellen Road, mm. um, yeah, it'd be quite nice to have a you know a bit more of an open game, um, but because they you know I think traditionally the last few years they've they tend to play uh, you know an attacking style as well. I, I I think it'd be a good game. But I think it'll be a close one. Yeah, oh, I think it'll definitely be a good game. It's one of them where I know that I, I think I, I know that. I've been saying, ah, we can get twelve points here. But mm. if you offered if you offered me eight now, I'd snap your hand off. Because if we draw with Brentford, that's fine because they drop two points as well. And if you draw away at Wednesday, I think that's fine. Well, snap your hand off might be a bit strong. I'd snap your hand off for nine. But eight I'd snap your hand honestly, I'd snap your hand off for twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely would. <laughs> but I'd love to get to the end of this still unbeaten. Yeah, there's I I think the the Chef Wednesday game and the Brentford game are the two that could possibly be the games that end the runs. But um, honestly, the way we're playing, I don't think it's going to happen yet. Yeah, it's, it feels weird being this confident. <laughs> I don't really like it very much. We're invincible, don't worry. It's yeah. fine. 
we can we can go on a run as good as Arsenal or Huddersfield. Well, Huddersfield's League One run. Actually, actually I don't want forty eight games unbeaten and move down in the league. I don't want to go undefeated and not go up. <laughs> nah, if you're gonna pick one, one I think it's Reading in it. Is it Reading or Sunderland that have the record points? I think both of them did over a hundred. Yeah, I remember the Sunderland one. That was uh, they romped away with it. It'll be interesting to see because I still think I don't think there's a whole lot in it between us and the top three, four teams. No, I've I've said a million times we're like after that win on Tuesday night and Brentford dropping points away at Ipswich, we're the favourites for the league with Bucky's, and I do think we're too short a price. Mm. Like, I mean, we are, if you're looking at the games, even if you take out being a Leeds fan and stuff, we are right up there and should be right up there. But I think favourites is strong. Like, Brentford are good, Middlesbrough are good, West Brom are starting to come good. Yeah. Like, I think West Brom are a real danger. I think they'll get going. Like, they've got a lot of good, they've got a lot of good defenders, Bartley, Higazi, Craig Dawson, Kieran Gibbs. And then up front with Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez as your strikers, and that Harvey Barnes is really good. Dwight Dwight Gale is a, is a very good player to have in this division. So I think I think West Brom are going to come good and come flying up the league. To be honest, how long is it until we play West Brom? Off the top of my head, absolutely no idea. But I think I think it's a while, but, which makes me think that we probably play him twice because you play him. There's a couple of teams that you play twice around Christmas, isn't there? Yeah, because I can't think when we're playing them. It must be then. Yeah, uh, we play them on the tenth of November away. Okay, that'd be an interesting. Game. Oh, it's <laughs> and then and then we do, and then we play them at home like second of March. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, in that case, then uh, when you're back November, aren't you? Yeah. Leeds' first home game in November is twenty fourth at home to Bristol City, so you'll be here for that, will you? Yeah. Right. Cool. So that'll be your first proper game of the season. Lovely. I'm a. Uh, I'm just umming that because the first game after international break is Blackburn away and it's a 12 o'clock kickoff. I'm trying. I'm umming an hour in about trying to get hold of a ticket because they'll probably give us about six thousand or something. Yeah, if it's anything like the last time we went there, did we get beat one nil? Um, yes. They, Tommy Spur from the corner, I think. That was a terrible game as well. Yeah, it was. What we've done is standard weird ending, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, well. I just suddenly looking at when do we play West Brom? Didn't we get beat one nil in that weird game once? <laughs> you see, that's why you need to get back. It's a right twat try to get go to away games where you're not here. Oh yeah, come back, Casey. We'll go to away games, Casey. You've got a car, Casey. Come on. Yeah, some of us, li- <laughs> some of us work in city centre and can't justify buying a car. If you want to help us buy a car, recommend it. <laughs> Recommend this podcast to everyone you know, and then maybe we can sell advertising on it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if you just give us enough money for takeaway, I'll, I'll I'll go with that. Yeah. If you do, if you're not gonna donate to the muscular dystrophy walk, just donate to us. <laughs> We're not gonna do anything, but we'll, you know. make sure, we'll make sure the money ends up in the right place. Don't worry. Yeah. But uh, like, with Dom uh, production costs. Yeah, that's where. The one little bit of money we do get for this podcast goes, but to uh, the talent, yeah, to the real talent, the guy who can edit quickly, and by quickly I mean quicker than me because I'm always at work and have literally no time to do so. And he he is better at it than me, but he also is way more time than me to do it. Yeah, I suppose I could do it, but I also have no idea how. Yeah, and just I wouldn't trust you to do anything. Piss up brewery, you. Oh, to be honest, I'd just edit you out. You would? We'd be back to what we were on about last week of just you going, um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 um, 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 um. This things, I believe. Um, <laughs> right, that'll do us. Uh, you've been listening to Mighty White's <laughs> podcast, episode 31. We're at Mighty White's pod on Twitter. Podcast is on mightywhitespodcast.com and iTunes and Stitcher. And oh shit, I haven't uploaded the last one to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that later. They'll pop ah, the, double header. The YouTube ones might go up at the same time. Uh, most places where you get your podcasts, it will be there. Uh, the stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is at THIU. It's all LUFC. Uh, we won't be back for a while. 
but uh, if if there's anything that you need to get in touch with us about, we're generally pretty good at answering on Twitter. Not 100%, but 90%, I reckon. Uh, but thanks very much for listening. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. Cheers. In a bit. Cheers.